Happy Sunday, everyone. Who was not here last week? Show of hands. So we started, uh, we started part one talking about the end times. We're going to go ahead and hit it. We're going to hit another angle tonight. There's a lot to it. We'll, uh, we'll get around to that angle. Amen. But what I want to do first is pray. So let's go ahead and pray. Is anyone else hot in here? I know you are because you're waving yourself. If anyone can adjust the thick coolness to maybe get a little cooler, that might be good. We're at this odd thing where it's like cold outside and hot in here and stuff like that. So we're trying to get that straight. Let's go ahead and pray. Everyone, reach your hands forward. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. God, not information, but revelation in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, you're the one who brings revelation, opens up our, our spiritual eyes. So tonight, Father, we say that we hear with our hearts and not just our ears in the name of Jesus. And Father, we give you all the praise and glory for that now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. I just want to thank uh, Vinny in the back, Vinny Fisher. Thank you, Vinny. Where is he? Oh, he's in the cool. Is he not there? Vinny, you're actually sitting in a seat? This is odd. This is odd. Guys, there's going to be some good stuff going on tonight. Vinny's sitting in a seat. <clears throat> he's, he's usually bagging our cameras. Yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, I came to church, and I forgot my computer. And, um, and I said, Vinny, can I borrow your computer? And then I usually email myself the message for that very reason. And so now I'm working off his computer. But if you look here, Vinny likes the dark mode. Does anyone know what that is? Like all of a sudden your computer's black. Dark mode, yeah. So I'm getting used to that right now, Vinny. The dark mode right now. <clears throat> well, thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. Amen and amen. Last week I was telling you guys about um, how when you look at the end times, I would, I would read things in there and I would see technology built into the end times. I would see the mark of the beast and I knew that there would be a mark and you could neither buy or sell without that mark. And I knew that there had to be a certain technology enabled so that people could go ahead and scan and have their bank accounts connected to that mark and stuff. So sometimes when I'm reading, sometimes when I'm reading uh, about the book of Revelations, like technology things will jump out to me. Then there's the image of the beast. If you're sitting next to, next to someone who's talking to you, just do this real quick. Go, shh. <laughs> I'm not going to rebuke a baby, okay? That's how, that's how you lose the crowd real quick. Shut that baby up. <laughs> he's, he's a mean person. So, <clears throat> but listen, um, so when you look at the image of the beast, the Bible says that the uh, false prophet will create an image that speaks on its own and will be a watcher and an enforcer for the Antichrist. And so again, I'm like, oh, what kind of technology do we need for that? And then uh, you guys may have known that uh, AI technology is now kind of coming to the forefront. And we're just seeing the very baby steps of AI technology. It really has, really uh, will have the ability to flip us on our heads. I know in a good way, in a good way, it'll be very helpful as they work out the kinks and it begins to be introduced into your life. It'll be very helpful. It'll make you go further faster. But in the wrong hands, it could also be very bad as well. But honestly, it's like money. 
right? Money in the wrong hands can do a lot of bad stuff. Money in the right hands can do a lot of uh, good stuff. And that's kind of how technology is. So um, I, I want you to pull up that first video. And so who knew that Pastor Judy also was into like this AI stuff? And she's kind of, she kind of has like a podcast and recorded like the, um, the, uh, the, the bad stuff of what could go wrong with AI. Do you guys have that? Do you want to just pull that up and play it? AI is a powerful technology that can be used for both good and bad. Unfortunately, there are those who seek to use AI to deceive people. One way AI can be used to deceive people is through the creation of deep fakes. Deep fakes are videos or audio recordings that have been manipulated using artificial intelligence to make it appear as though someone said or did something they didn't. For example, a deep fake video could be created of a political candidate saying something incriminating or offensive, even if they never actually said those words. This could be used to sway public opinion and damage their campaign. As a pastor, it's important for us to be aware of these potential dangers and to approach technology with caution. We must be discerning in our use of technology and always seek the truth in all things. Who knew she was so versed in the, in the bad things of AI? Good job, Pastor Judy. No, actually, you guys, actually, that whole script was written by AI. We just typed something in. It spit it out. And then that fake voice was actually just sampling her voice and speaking it out. So none of that was produced by a human. It was all done with AI just like that. And we just put the two of them together. So, and it took seconds. We just said, Pastor Judy is a pastor. She's a Christian church. And she has concerns about AI. Say something. And that's what it spit out. And then we cloned her voice. So as you can see, it can be used in really funky different ways real quick. And all of this is amongst us, and we're at the very beginning stages of it. So like I said, in good hands is going to help you greatly, but these next 10 years can make your head spin. And if you're in the older generation, you know you're in your 60s, 70s, 80s, and you're seeing all this change, especially the cultural change that has been really disturbing lately, the sin you just kind of, your head's spinning and you don't get it. And you're just like, oh, I hate all this stuff. I hate it. I don't like it. But the, the world is changing, okay? And so for us, um, all of this is rushing. What I'm seeing is we're rushing towards the end times. And the technology that we see in the Bible that almost seemed impossible, especially, especially in the days of the writers, is now real to us. The, the, loss, the loss of, uh, dig, of currency, turning currency into digital currency, how they have a plan in the U.S. government to, they're not, they're not saying they're getting rid of the dollar, but they're creating a digital dollar, okay? And remember, once you have something digitized, it can be turned on and it can be turned off. I read something in China where they already have a, di a digital yuan or yen or whatever it is, and what they're doing is they're giving out free money to their population. Free money. Go ahead and spend this. It's just like real money, and they're spending it online, and they're getting people used to using it, okay? So when the U.S. government wants to give you tons of free digital dollars, your antenna should go up and say, eh, eh, something's wrong here. And so when they get off, when you get off cash, which cannot be traced or things like that, you get onto a digital currency, which we have the ability to do, but then we get close to the mark of the beast, okay? So we live in that time. 
okay? And not to depress you, the more darkness comes, the greater the grace of God raises up. You are actually living in the best, most exciting times for a Christian to be alive. You are going to be people who witness the end-time move of God and the revival of God. And as far as I'm concerned, this is very exciting. For whatever reason, I do not know, but God saved you to be here at this time for a reason, okay? So you're supposed to be here. Nothing is by accident, so get excited about it. Amen? Daniel 12, 4 says this, but you, Daniel, shut up these words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. That is one of the signs of the end times, okay? I do want to take a moment here, and I, I do want to talk about uh, who the Bible calls in the book of Revelation the dragon or the devil, okay? I just felt in my spirit just to kind of take some time on this because this is important. When you talk about the Antichrist, when you talk about the devil, when you do all this stuff, people try, in a non-biblical non way, people tr kind of magnify his place, and it gets out of proportion with the Word of God. And so I just want to take a few minutes to kind of put, put him in biblical proportion. Is that okay, you guys? Okay. When I grew up, okay, so the, um, the devil has a great PR agent working for him. His public, public relations has him to be a very powerful and very mean guy. Literally, every horror movie ever created is a public relation piece for the satanic power of the devil. And when I grew up, we were so scared of the devil. We were scared of demons. We were scared of all of that type of stuff. We were freaked out. Did anyone in the 70s see The Exorcist when it was actually out, like, around that time? Okay. Did it disturb you at all? I was, like, eight years old. It disturbed me. I should not have been seeing that movie when I was eight years old, Okay. But again, it's the power of the devil, and so he has a great PR agent. Ev literally every demonic movie ever made puffs him up as this, as this uh, massive person. But, but biblically, guys, <clears throat> we have to put him in perspective, okay? And so let's look at this first picture. I want the one with the uh, devil and God put together here. So what, we, what we've seen is we have this idea that the devil and God are in this epic battle until the end. We even have this thing where there's a person standing here and you have like an, uh, you know, God on one shoulder and the devil on the other and they're whispering into their ear. And so because the devil is a great PR person, he's always made this image where he's equal with God. Okay, they're battling out, they're duking it out. It's either God or the devil you choose, you know. And biblically, that's not actually accurate. And as Christians, we need to get a, a biblically accurate view of who the devil is and what he is. But has anyone ever seen this type of image before? You know, God versus the devil. <clears throat> but God and the devil are not even in the same class of being, okay? We read, I don't have the scripture to show you, but in Ezekiel 28, God says this, when you were in Eden, the garden of God, on the day that you were created, that's what God says about Satan or the devil or Lucifer at that time. The devil is a created being that God created, okay? We have God, the creator, with no beginning and end, and we have a created being called Lucifer who has a beginning and will have an end in the lake of fire because he can read, he knows it. 
where he will burn day and night forever and ever. Smoke of his torment will not cease. He is a created being. God and the devil are not on the same category at all. At all. So for us to even have that, oh, the devil, that just means we've just been watching too many horror movies. As a Christian, you've been watching too many horror movies, okay? So they're not even on the same level. I'm going to get a little bit geeky here, guys, a little bit nerdy. Some of you might not be able to follow it, but that's fine. I can follow it. Let's put up the Avengers thing here. There's something that bothers me about the Avengers. Anyone recognize these guys? These guys are like superheroes, super beings, beings from other planets. So like, for example, you, I'll come around to my point here. So we have Thor here, okay, the god of thunder, okay, and he comes from another world. And um, they recently asked AI who was the strongest and best Avenger, and it picked Thor for all of these reasons. He's indestructible, okay? So he's, he's like um, super strong. Then we get some humans that were made strong. We got the Hulk, okay, uh, gamma radiation or something. When he gets angry, he becomes super strong. Then we get uh, Steve Rogers, who they shot him up with some type of thing, and he's like a human that's like super strong. But like Thor and these guys, they're at like a different level, okay? They're not the same level of like superpowers. It's nerdy, but stay with me. And then we got, then we got this guy. It's just a human in an iron suit. He doesn't have superpowers. He has technology. So when a bad guy hits Iron Man and smashes him into a wall, inside there, his brain is racking around like, like a, a, a NASCAR driver, and he's getting scrambled. They don't show it in a movie, but he's a human in a suit. He's not even in the same category. And then comes the worst ones. These are the worst ones, okay? We have Hawkeye, which is just a guy who shoots bows and arrows, right? And then, uh, what's her, who's this? Black Widow, what does she do? She's a human who knows Kung Fu. She's a human that knows Kung Fu, okay? So if, if a bad guy took Hawkeye and them together and punched them into the ground, they would be destroyed. Now, not to be tasteless, Jeremy Renner got run over by a, a snowplow equipment. That would ha the same thing would happen to Hawkeye. He would be in the hospital for months on rehab. Here's my point. Thor, the god of thunder, and Hawkeye, not even in the same class. You can't even equate them as being equal in what their powers are. It is the same thing with the creator of the universe and his created uh, covering cherub known as Lucifer. So for us to make them equals is just, number one, it is deception. It only favors the devil and not us so that he can have this appearance of big and bad, but they are not equal in any way, okay? So let me see my next picture here. This would be a more accurate picture, you guys, okay? Oh, here it is. <clears throat> so here's the devil, okay? And this is God's big toe, And I think I made the big toe too small, okay? You need to see this, okay? You need to know this, okay? Because the Bible backs this up, okay? 
And if you have any other view of the devil or anything like that, it's because you've been watching too many horror movies and you've eaten his bait and you've taken his bait, okay? So the Bible says this in 1 John 4, 3, but if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has a spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming into the world. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won the victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who is in the world. He who is in me, go back to my picture. He who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. You, you, you need to let this burn into your mind that the creator of all things, of all breath, of all life, dwells on the inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. God moved out of a house made with hands when Jesus was crucified. The, the, the uh, veil of the temple tore from top to bottom. He moved out, and in a born-again experience, he has now come to make his home in you. Let me ask you, who is the superhero in the room? You are because of who dwells in you, okay? You aren't no Hawkeye, and you aren't no, what is her name again? Black Widow, okay? You are... The, Bi the Bible says that you have become one spirit with the Lord. When, when Jesus moved in, when God moved in, your spirit and his spirit became one. You are no longer your own. The Bible says ye are the body of Christ. You literally became born again into the body of Christ. You are the peace of Jesus in the earth. I don't know what peace I am. I don't know what piece I am. I might be like a tooth or a tendon or like an eyelid. Who cares? I am still one with God in Christ. I am, I am a piece of the body of Christ. And when the devil knows you know that, he is done. Literally done. Your days of torment, your days of fear, your days of him rapping on your walls are over. You need to know who you are in Christ Jesus. When you do not know who you are in Christ Jesus, you walk in ignorance. You walk in ignorance of what belongs to you, and the devil pushes you around. He, as a Christian, that is sad. That is sad news, because he who is within you is greater than he who is within the world. He, 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 he. Um, yeah, let me tell you this. So, Smith Wigglesworth used to speak that scripture. He who is within me is greater than he who is in the world. And they brought, they, someone wrote him, a, 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 he's a preacher from England on the turn of the century. I think he died in the 40s. He, um, someone wrote him a letter and says, my, my, um, my relative is insane and trying to kill themselves. Please come and, and help them. And so when he got to the house, this person was um, uh, insane, suicidal, but demonically possessed. So you know what he did? He, when, when they went to bed, he slept in the same bed with them that night. Okay? Because he would say, he who is within me is greater than the spirit that is in them. Now picture you getting into bed with Linda Blair. Would anyone do that? You know, the head spinning around, vomit coming out. 
But when you know who you are in Christ, you'd be like all day long, move over, give me some covers. And so what happened is this person in the middle of the night jumps out of bed and begins to race to the ocean because they lived on the ocean. And this demon was trying to, um, trying to drown them. And he just ran behind them. And I say, I command you in the name of Jesus, come out. And the person flopped on the ground and the devil came out. It is that easy when you know who you are in Christ Jesus. You have to. You have to know who you are. When I was in college, I was a very new Christian. Very, very new. I didn't know much. But someone gave me a book called The Authority of the Believer by Kenneth Hagin. So I began to learn some of this stuff. And I was witnessing to a girl, a uh, very nice girl. And, and she just had this look on her face like, ugh, while I'm talking to her. Like, you know, she's wrestling with something in her head. I'm like, is there something wrong, you know? And she goes, the voice in my head is saying, tell him to shut up. Okay? Guys, this stuff is real. When you're an unbeliever, you are in a bad situation when it comes to the devil. When you're a believer, the greater one lives inside of you. He who's within you is greater than he who's in the world. But as an unbeliever, nah, it's different, Okay? So I said, because I just read the book, I said, if you give me permission, I can make that voice stop. Because I read in the book, like, I have authority over my life, I have authority over other people's life, but I don't have authority over the devil in your life unless you give me permission. And she said, yeah, absolutely, I give you permission. Pray. And so I didn't know what I was doing. I just said, I laid my hands on her. I said, devil, whatever's causing this confusion, I command it, come out now in the name of Jesus. And that was it. I just said it, and she kind of flopped back and said, oh, my goodness, it felt like a 1,000 pounds just came off my body. Guys, what was that? It was the oppressor, the wicked one, the deceiver, leaving an unbeliever. And that allowed her to now hear the gospel and to be saved. Amen? You have so much authority. Jesus said, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. You either believe it or you don't. You either say, the, the devil's on the move as a Christian, or you say, all the power of the enemy is under my feet in the name of Jesus. You have to. You can't like be either or. You have to know who you are in Christ Jesus, okay? Have to. <clears throat> I like this one. Has anyone ever, um, well, you know, Star Trek fans, they have something where they can beam you up on the transporter, right? So you can be on the planet's surface and they say beam you up, and they kind of translate you over to somewhere else. There's a scripture in the Bible that says you have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and put or translated into the kingdom of his dear son. What that represents is there was a time where you were under the kingdom of darkness, in sin, in bondage, and under the devil's control. But in Christ Jesus, you have literally been translated out and been placed into the kingdom of light where you have authority, you have the say in Christ Jesus over him. He had you, and then he went like this. Where'd they go? In the spirit, you literally disappeared out of his power and out of his authority. No longer to be manipulated, no longer to be controlled anymore. In Christ Jesus, that happened for you. Amen? 
Alleluia. When the devil realizes that you know who you are in Christ, you, he's, he's a dead man. He's a dead man in your house. He's a dead man in your money. He's a dead man in anything. It's the last thing he wants. <clears throat> um, okay, not, not to get dramatic, but I'm just going to throw it out there. So Satan Khan comes to Boston. All, can, I, can I have my picture back up? <gasps> Satan Khan's in Boston, you guys. Do you know that they're probably going to do some spells and things like that? Satan's going to, right? So you serve this one. And you're so super freaked out about what he's doing through his followers. Guys, the <clears throat> thing I loved about SatanCon is it got the church alive to go out and witness to those who are lost, that those who are perishing. It caused some type of urgency like, hey, you coming to my neck of the woods? We're going to go out and win souls and things like that. I love that. I love it. We just need to keep that same urgency when Satan Con leaves town and, the, and there's still unbelievers and people going to hell all around us. Literally wake up to the fact that people are under the power of Satan going to hell all around us. I did, uh, I did pray with a guy to receive Jesus. And uh, when he came to uh, my house, he said he had three voices in his head that were telling him to do all of this stuff. And he did, and he would, he did very bad stuff. And, and I said, well, let's take authority over those voices. And he said, yeah, go ahead. So we just bound the devil. We commanded that to come out to leave. And he said, he said, they stopped. Like, like I can't hear them. I, like, I feel like they're hiding or something. I've never had these voices stop doing that in my head, right? But he also confessed to me the whole time you were praying I just had this urge to just, like, attack you, right? But here's the thing. When you're dealing with stuff like that, you can't be, like, in fear, like, oh, is this guy going to attack me or whatever? You just have to know that the greater is he who's in you than the devils who are tormenting these people, amen? I guess if you got fearful and weird and thought back to your horror movies, I guess the devil would mess with you because he's like, ah, they don't believe it. They don't believe it. They do not believe that the greater one is in them. They do not believe that the God of the universe who created me is in them because they're acting like scared little children when it comes to me. And he knows it. Well, that's right. And you tell me more about that after, okay? All right. <clears throat> she can do that. Anyone else do that? You're getting thrown out, okay? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> You're gone. <laughs> so, how does Satan gain access to human beings? How does he oppress human beings? How does he come upon human beings? Well, number one, <clears throat> as an unbeliever, unfortunately, as someone 
who has not been born again, who does not have the blood of Jesus, who has not been made new on the spirit, which I was for 18 years. I lived that life. I remember what it was like. I remember the drama. I remember the mental torment. I remember this feeling of just like you can't change yourself. You're sliding in a wrong direction, and it's just the way it is. You just feel a little out of control, and the spirit of this world is manipulating you like a puppet. I remember that still. I, I, think that, I think that's good to remember what we came from. But it says here in Ephesians 2, check this out. <clears throat> Ephesians 2, And you were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. There is a spirit at work in those who are unsaved. Okay, let's keep going. Among whom we all once lived in the passage of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Why must you be born again? Okay, because spiritually through sin you die from God and you have a new daddy spiritually, and it's the devil. Okay, and you are under his power. The prince of the power of the air can manipulate those who are separated from God. And I remember living under that manipulation. You just your your mind, everything was not pure. It wasn't clean. It wasn't straight. My mind did not get straight until Christ came into my spirit and started to rearrange me on the inside. Okay, but the prince of the power of the air works through mankind and, and collectively causes them to work in a, in, a, in a way that is for his agenda, okay? <clears throat> so if you are an unbeliever, unfortunately, spiritually, the Bible says that your, your father is Satan. Do you remember what Jesus said to the Pharisees? He said, you're like your father, the devil. He said, you, you, you're not, you are, you're, you're, your father is not God. Your father's the devil. And these were the most religious people in Israel. He's like, I got some news for you. God's not your dad. Satan is. He was a liar from the beginning, and you have that same spirit in you. Pastor Judy shares this sometimes. She was a professional liar. Who'd she learn that from? The liar. The one that works in the children of disobedience. He causes us to lie and become very good at it. But <clears throat> the devil's not just looking to manipulate mankind through our disobedience and our sin. The devil is actually looking to inhabit human bodies because while he's on this earth and he's been cast out, the biggest, um, the biggest way that he can have uh, influence in this realm is to be in a human, a possessed human. Is this true or not true? I may have seen a headline. An Uber Eats driver randomly kills and dismembers someone for no reason. Was that a headline recently? That was? Yeah, okay, so why, guys? Why would you randomly just kill and dismember someone for no reason? You are possessed with a devil. Well, you know, that guy must have had psychological... No, 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 no. I know, I know the world, the wisdom of the world rejects this, but you have a demon spirit. And that needs to come out, and it needs to be cast out in Jesus' name. There was another guy in Florida. These probably all happen in Florida. I don't know what's going on in Florida. But they're like drinking the demonic Kool-Aid. There was another guy 
who, and I don't know what the thing was, he attacked someone and ate his face off. Oh, that's, uh, that's not demonic at all. Like, what the heck? We live in a world where people are literally possessed by demons, okay? Should you be afraid of that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not, okay? But it is real. And here's some of the things that happen. And, and here's one. How do people become demon-possessed? Some kids, children, are sexually abused at a young age. And through that, demons enter into them. I've dealt with people. There's gender confusion. There's, um, there's violence. There's suicidal things. And you trace it back, and all of these kids were molested or abused by some demonically filled person. And for whatever reason, there is a transfer into their little young spirit, and they're just messed up as a result of it. That guy who I was telling you about with the three voices in his head, or the three voices that always talked, had the very same story. And, he, and out of it came great rage and violence and, it, and badness. So that is one way that it can happen. Um, drugs, believe it or not, you guys, drugs... When you take drugs and you're high on drugs and you're just kind of out there, you, we, you have a human will. The devil cannot violate your human will. But when your human will gets like really, oh, and open and you just open yourself to anything, you open yourself to sin, you open yourself to loose living through drug uh, things, demons come in because your will is gone. You have no will. Hey, whatever. Whatever, whatever you want, right? And people get fit, people who would do drugs get filled with demons, okay? And they need to be delivered of that stuff through Jesus Christ. It's your human will is gone. Um, even now, like um, music and social media and things like that open people's hearts. And when your heart is open and your will is open for demonic content, it gets in there and it begins to oppress you and for some people who are unbelievers, literally possess them. And they need to be free to the power of the devil. He wants to get in. He wants to mock God. He wants to take those who are created in God's image and get in and possess them. But not the Christian. But not the Christian. But not the Christian. I, uh, I quoted this, John eight forty four. You are of your father the devil. And you will do the father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So here's the thing. You are, you are a Christ chin. You are a peace. You are one with God. You are a piece of the body of Christ on this earth. And the Bible says that, that you could be a hand, a foot, or whatever. You are one spirit with the Lord. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And the only way that the devil can overcome or manipulate you is to lie to you and for you to believe those lies. And one of the lies, can you get that first slide on with the uh, devil and God? And one of the lies is that the devil and God are just equals, battling it out head to head. He's a big, scary guy. You should be afraid of him. Because he's just, he's the opposite of God. There's God and the devil. Guys, they're not even in the same class. Not even at all. And you need to get that out of your thinking, okay? Can you go back to the foot? <clears throat> you serve a big God. 
and they're not in the same class, and that God lives in you. But if the devil can deceive you, if he can lie to you, if he can get you to make wrong decisions, say the wrong things, speak the wrong things, operate out of fear, if he can put pressure on and get you to make bad confessions, he begins to take control over your circumstances in your life. Because out of ignorance, we allow him to come in and mess with our stuff. Amen? Mess with our stuff. You should always quote the word of God. You should know the word of God. The word of God should be your, be your knee-jerk reaction. I call it a knee-jerk reaction, right? I don't, have, I don't have like a lot of sickness bother me, okay? I don't. Like I remember as a young Christian standing against sickness. I remember, I'm not trying to get disgusting with you. I remember sitting over a toilet with like a stomach bug. Oh, my goodness, right? Just throwing up, throwing up. And then, and then it came back again, and I was around the toilet, and then something just rose up out of my spirit. Jesus. Jesus. That's all I said was, Jesus. Jesus. And the more I said it, that thing just lifted like a, like a sick demon spirit gone. And you know what? Like from that day to this, really no problem ever, like with sickness. Not at all, Okay. And then, but what happens is symptoms will come. I'll be like, <laughs> you know, things, things that you just feel a little off. And when that happens, something needs to be your knee-jerk reaction. What comes out of you first? Well, to me, the law of the life of Christ has made me free from the law of sin, sickness, and spiritual death. That's a scripture. I have a law of life that I live in, and sickness is not part of that law. And so immediately I begin to speak it. The other thing that comes out of me quickly is the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in me and quickens or makes alive my mortal flesh. Do you know the power of the Holy Spirit that rose Christ from the dead? How strong that power was? That dwells in you. And it affects every cell in your being. So as I get a symptom or something coming on me, the word of God immediately just comes out of my mouth. We need to have the word of God knee-jerk out of us in all situations. Because if you speak fear or if you speak something else, then the devil begins to come in and steal your lunch. Steal your lunch. Let me ask you this, okay? When Jesus was tempted by the devil, what did he do? He used scripture. It is written. It is written. It is written. Wow, that's it. You kick him in the face. You're not doing anything Jesus didn't do. But how many of us, when we get into a tight situation, the money's not there, the kids are sick, bad things are happening, all we do is confess what's going on. The devil's been after me all week, and it looks like he's uh, taking my money away. It looks like the devil's taking my job. Why would you ever say that? No, he's not, but now he is. He's like, wait, what? Yeah, okay, let's do this, right? I didn't know, but you gave him permission with the words of your mouth, okay? We need to be careful what we say because we give the authority to him that he does not deserve. Amen? Amen. The Antichrist, you guys. We'll eventually get back to the end days. The Antichrist, if you think of it, is <clears throat> anti-Jesus. Okay, that's his, that's his thing, anti-God, okay? And so it says here in 1 John 4, 3, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus 
is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist, which you heard was coming and is and is in the world already. Guys, the Antichrist, the person of the Antichrist will be here in the end times. Who knows? He might be alive now. He will get a mortal wound, recover from that mortal wound, or the devil will enter him, and the whole drama begins. But the spirit of Antichrist has been here all along. All along. All along. Anti-God anti-Bible, anti-Holy Spirit, anti-church, the spirit of Antichrist raises his head over and over and over again against the church. That spirit is already here in the earth. And now Satan knows that he's trapped man in sin, the unbelievers. He's trapped them in sin. They're stuck in bondage. And he looks at God and he says, look what I've done to your creation. They don't know you. They ignore you. They live a life without you. I have them bound in chains, and they have no way to get out. And he just mocks God with that. But that's not enough for the devil. He wants more. He wants more of what God wanted, not just men to be bound and separated from the Father. Just like in the rebellion, he said this, I will ascend and be like the Most High. Do you remember Satan said that? I will be like God. He wanted to sit on that throne. He wanted to be in God's place. And what does God get that nobody gets in the universe of all creation? Ah, you said it. Worship. 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 Over and over again, you just see worship rising up before the Father. You see it in the Word of God over and over again. There are created beings that have all types of stuff around the, around the throne, and all they do is say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, day and night, never ceasing, worshiping his name. And Satan's like, I want that. I want the worship. Yeah, I got the men. They're all messed up. They're all going to go to hell, but I, I need more. And in the end times, the Antichrist will demand worship as the ultimate insult before God. He's like, yeah, I got you, man, but I also got their worship. They're worshiping me. Let's read that. <clears throat> One of the things that Jesus was tempted with in Matthew 4, 8, look what the devil did. Then the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory, and he said to them, all these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. The devil's so mad, he wants the worship, the worship that God gets. He doesn't get it. Well, no, he does. There's a couple of people who look like, um, like uh, employees of, um, what's the store in the mall? Hot Topic, Hot Topic employees in a convention center in Boston, and he gets some worship there. <laughs> but he's like, that's not enough. Those fools, those idiots, I don't want it from them. I want the worship of the world. And so with the, one of the temptations said to Jesus, worship me. Lit, worship, okay? He wants the worship. Revelation 13, it says this, and I saw, I'll, I'll just tell who, who's who. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads, ten diadem, diadems of horns and blasphemous names on its heads. And the beast I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's, and his mouth was like a lion's mouth. 
and to it the dragon gave power, his throne, and great authority. Now, this is the Antichrist coming up, the beast, and the dragon is Satan, gave him authority. And it said, one of his heads seemed to have a mortal wound, and his mortal wound was healed, and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast, and they worshipped the dragon. Worship. In the end times, in the great deception, in the great takeover, when things get really bad, men will be forced to worship the dragon. Everybody, guys. Everybody. If you're not a worshiper, you're dead. In the end times. Let's keep reading. For he had given authority to the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? And who can fight against it? And the beast was given a mouth uttering haughty and blasphemous words, cursing God. And it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. Pastor Mike, it says here that he'll be exercising uh, for 42 months. Do you know what that means? No, I have no idea what that means. And there are some people, and they interpret the, the book of Revelations. Well, there'll be six weeks of this and seven weeks of that and 42 months of this. Honestly, you guys, honestly... Anyways, I don't, I don't, <clears throat> you, you can't discern it with your head. You're going to miss it. You're going to miss. You need to have your heart. The Bible says that these days will not come on upon, upon us, but we'll be aware and we'll see the times and the seasons. I'll be aware of those things. Jesus could come tonight because he said, I am coming like a thief in the night. I could come that quick. The only thing holding back Jesus from coming tonight is that he wants more souls to be saved said that the precious fruit of the earth, the early and the latter rain, to bring in the precious fruit of the earth. It's the only restraining thing. He could come tonight, okay? According to the word of God. Verse 6, it opened his mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blasphemy, blaspheming his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. Also, it was allowed him to make war on the saints and to conquer them, and authority was giving given it over the tribe and the people and the language and nations over every tribe. And all who dwell on the earth will what, you guys? Worship it. Worship. Worship the beast. That's what he wants. That's what Satan wants, ultimately. None of this is good enough. He wants the worship. Everyone whose name has not been written in the foundation of the world, in the book of the life, the lamb who is slain, then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and the inhabitants worship the first beast. Now, this is the false prophet. One of his jobs is to make the unbelievers worship, worship the beast whose mortal wound was healed. It performs, the false prophet, great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to the earth in front of people. And by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on the earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. So this is where we get into the image of the beast, okay? And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. So check this out. 
God is everywhere at once. I could be in my prayer closet talking to God, and he could be praying with you. He could be, he's omnipresent. He can be everywhere at once because he's at a different class. He's the creator. Satan can be at one place at one time because he's a, he's a created cherub who is cast from heaven. And so he's not omnipotent like God. But what he's going to do, he's going to demand worship from the entire world. He's going to have a false prophet. They're going to create an image of the beast that speaks on its own and will be able to monitor, probably through technology, every living man and woman. And if you are not worshiping that beast, that image of the beast can have you killed. Because if, if you don't worship, you die. And the image of the beast will be the one that oversees that. <clears throat> Everyone say worship. Worship. When we worship, wow, it's important. There's a lot of things going on in the, in the heavenly realms, in the spirit realm. That's why a totally Baptist, non-Holy Ghost type of very t uptight type of congregation, when worship begins to happen, it's like a spirit of freedom enters the room. Sometimes that's the only time they feel that spirit of freedom and then the music stops and it's back to just like, you know, plain type of, you know, no anointing type of stuff, okay? Worship is powerful. It is powerful, okay? Now, the spirit of Antichrist is already here. And if you get into an ungodly nation, you will begin to see the manifestation of men being forced to worship something that's not God, okay? Ty, I want the clip of the the concert. Do you know that concert I'm talking about where the women are dressed in those things? So let me give you some examples. In North Korea already, everyone from birth is taught to worship the great leader. They reverence him as God. They say he is like the sun. When you get too close, he burns you. And when you get too far away, you die of cold. That he's your source of life. He's your source of life. And they are taught to worship him and to praise him, but they do it out of fear. One in every hundred people in North Korea is sent to a work camp for punishment. If you do not worship the great leader, you are punished and your family is punished. And so out of fear, people do that. So let's check out one of the concerts from the end times, okay? So let's put this one up first. And this one... Just hopefully you guys can read the subtitles, and this isn't in your way, but read the subtitles, okay? This is happening on the earth now because the spirit of Antichrist still wants worship. Do you have it? Oh, maybe, can you go forward more to the concert? That, there we go. Turn it up.
Isn't that like a perverted church service? That is terrible. We cannot live with you. Your life, you give us life, and they're all clapping, just like they're in church. Filled with not the spirit, but the fear. It's, that is the spirit of Antichrist, trying to take the praise from God and to give it to a man, okay? So here's the last clip I'm going to show you. And then we are going to worship, because guess what, church? We can still worship. Amen. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. And there is power in our worship. Yes. So listen, in this next clip, there was a, um, a doctor. He went into the country, and, and he was, you know, doing uh, things for people who are blind. And I think it was just they had, there's no good medical care, so they had cataracts. And these people were blind for years, okay? So when they take off the bandages, we, we like, we see where their praise goes, okay? So go ahead and play that one. And hopefully it's queued up to the right. <laughs> Because the spirit of Antichrist is here, we are seeing what the end times looks like, and it's not going to be good. Every person on this earth will worship the beast, or they will die, because the image of the beast will know who's where, who's doing what, and guys, in a, in a weird way, we're kind of in a technological age where those things can begin to happen in the end times, amen? Spirit of Antichrist, taking the praise away from the only one who is worthy of man's praise, the Lord Jesus Christ, God, the King of kings and Lord of lords. You guys, I'm going to ask the band to come up. We're going to exercise that praise. I'm going to ask you guys to come up. Let's come and worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? Because I am looking at a remnant church here. I'm looking at people who are not going to be here in those last days. They are not going to be those who have the mark of the beast, who are controlled by the beast. Yep, you just come up. You just come up and worship first. Amen.